When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to a new episode of The Savvy Psychologist. I am Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and every week I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Every one of us has a bad relationship tale to tell. The frog or two scattered among the princes and the princesses. Maybe there was the guy who did his business with the bathroom door open. Or the girl who would lick utensils clean and put them back in the drawer. Perhaps there was the one who split every joint purchase down to the penny. Or the one who thought inflatable furniture was perfectly sufficient. Again, everyone chooses a frog once in a while. But sometimes we find ourselves in a pattern. A string of partners that go beyond gross or thoughtless and cross the line into unhealthy or even downright toxic. At some point, we may realize we've dated a string of frogs, with the result of decimating our self-esteem and leaving us guilty, afraid, or numb. But worst of all, given the chance to start over, too often we pick another frog. The partners we feel chemistry with are the ones who are all wrong for us. We're attracted to their confidence, their laid-back cool, or their financial success, but over time, what we thought was confidence emerges as control, the attitude we thought was laid back degenerates into sloth, and the money turns out to be no consolation for relentless greed. Why is our mate selector broken, and can it be fixed? This week, by request from an anonymous listener from California, we'll tackle the question of why we choose people who are wrong for us and how to stop. Okay, first, why do we do this to ourselves? Let's consider two reasons. Reason number one is we seek out consistency. There is a saying among therapists, people would rather be consistent than happy. If you grew up with a sense of your own inherent worth and came to learn that people are generally kind, trustworthy, and well-meaning, you'll likely choose a partner consistent with that upbringing. It's what you're used to. It feels normal. By contrast, if you grew up surrounded by chaos, dysfunction, perfectionism, or emotional distance, that's what feels like home. If we've learned that we are a troublemaker, merely decorative, or need to throw a tantrum to get noticed, we'll naturally gravitate towards those attitudes in a partner. On a deeper level, if we believe we're not good enough, we'll never amount to anything, or are otherwise worthless, we choose partners who make us feel the same way. Again, it feels normal. Now, this is not to say you deserve a partner who treats you like dirt just because you chose him or her. Everyone deserves to be safe and respected. But if drama, hostility, or indifference feel normal, it's time for a new normal. Reason number two is our brains see bad partners as a do-over. 
Why do we put ourselves in the same position again and again? We see another bad relationship as a chance to rehabilitate or to fix. We want to right the wrong. Kids who grow up in the midst of turmoil or neglect often come out the other side thinking it was their fault. It's simply how brains work. We are wired to be self-referential. When we see a group of kids whispering to each other, we assume it's about us. Likewise, when we see conflict and unhappiness all around us, we assume we're the reason. It must be our fault. But the flip side of fault is control. If it was our fault, we must also be able to fix it. So we pick an unhealthy partner and try for a do-over. But there's more. The power dynamic inherent in thinking we're in a position to fix or change our partner gives us not only a sense of control, but also, weirdly, a sense of hope. Although these turn out to be illusions, it can be comforting to think that if only we try harder, things can be better. But we can't get blood from a turnip. And we can't get the love and support we need from a partner who's controlling, out to lunch, narcissistic, emotionally unavailable, or downright abusive. Okay, so what can we do about our tendency towards consistency and our search for a do-over? How can we stop the conveyor belt of frogs? Let's talk about five ways to fix a partner picker that's seriously broken. Tip number one is beware the sunk cost fallacy. If you're still firmly entrenched in a bad relationship, remember the more you've invested, the harder it is to abandon ship. But you can't turn ground beef into filet mignon no matter how hard you try. So yes, you've invested years in this relationship. Yes, you've invested sweat and tears and heart-wrenching emotion. This can all be true, and you can still walk away. Don't stay in or go back simply because of your sunk costs. Leave it behind and move on. Tip number two, learn that healthy relationships aren't dramatic. The maxim that relationships are work is true. Communication is a constant project, no one is free of baggage, and building a life together includes figuring out who's going to fold the laundry and how to afford the latest credit card bill. Building a relationship isn't always easy, but fundamentally, being together should be undramatic. Mind games, manipulation, threats, getting friends to support your alibi, these have no place in a healthy relationship. A good partner is happy, not threatened, when you succeed. They comfort rather than pounce when you are vulnerable. Many of my clients who have found a healthy partnership after a string of bad apples have echoed the same refrain. I never realized that good relationships are actually quite boring. It's true. In healthy relationships, the police don't show up, no one disappears for a week, there are no holes in the drywall, you don't try to hack each other's phones, no one sleeps with the other's best friend, and no one screams and throws flaming belongings out the window at midnight. Instead, healthy relationships are about being each other's biggest fans, helping each other through tough times, and having a good time doing it. You should enjoy the time you spend together. You should like and respect your partner as well as love them. So don't mistake intensity for love. Good relationships include a conspicuous lack of drama. Call it boring or call it healthy. 
Okay, so this brings us to tip number three. Consciously note what makes a good partner. Observe the relationships of people you trust. What makes them work? Watch them and see how they do it. Actually seeing a good relationship modeled makes it much easier to spot similar behaviors when it's your turn to try again. For example, you might observe a non-defensive owning of small mistakes, followed by trying to make it right. Such as, oh, I totally forgot I said I would pick up that package. I am so sorry. Here, I'll set a reminder on my phone right now to get it tomorrow. Or you may note how one partner steps up while the other is having a tough week at work. And then watch how the other does the same in return. You may make a mental note how they talk each other up, not because their partner's accomplishments make them look good, but because they're genuinely proud of their partner's success. Tip number four is think about what you need, not what you're drawn to. Okay, remember those lists of ideal partner traits you and your friends drew up in high school? He has to have good hair and a car. She has to be hot and like video games. Luckily, our partnership choices are seldom determined by our high school tastes. More often, they are informed by chemistry, the complex emotional spark between two people. But when our picker is broken, we can't trust chemistry to decide for us. There's a saying, stop painting red flags green. It reminds us to heed early warning signs rather than pushing forward because we're swept up in the rush of chemistry. Therefore, instead of getting pulled toward red flag traits that feel familiar, think about what you need. Reflect on a grown-up version of a checklist. But unlike high school, this time it should focus on what kind of person they are and how they treat you. Perhaps you need someone with integrity, someone fair and trustworthy. Perhaps you need reliability, someone who does what they say. Maybe you need someone who respects your boundaries when you state what you are or are not willing to do. And finally, tip number five. When first starting out, take chemistry with a grain of salt. Choosing your first relationship after a string of bad ones is tough. It's like learning to walk again. You're hesitant and don't quite trust yourself not to fall. Now, if you're worried your picker is broken, temporarily override it with your brain. Think of it like food. Our picker might love jelly donuts, but we know jelly donut after jelly donut isn't good for us, even if they're comforting and familiar. Instead, consciously choose something healthier. Just like taste buds can evolve to prefer healthier options, so can your partner picker. Now, it's important to remember that choosing something healthier doesn't mean you have to choose something you don't like. You don't have to resign yourself to eating rice cakes and bean sprouts if you hate them. Likewise, don't grit your teeth and date someone you have nothing in common with or are not attracted to just because they're stable. Instead, be aware of the rush that comes when you see a jelly donut, a cocky smile, a rebel without a cause, or a train wreck in need of rescuing. That rush of chemistry isn't credible when you're trying to repair your picker. Instead, remind yourself of what you've learned from observing the healthy relationships in your life and what kind of person you truly want to be with. Heed the red flags and take chemistry with a grain of salt. This is hard and will feel unnatural and maybe even wrong at first, but it's worth the investment 
to slowly step away from the frogs. Thank you so much for making The Savvy Psychologist a part of your life. If the show makes your life happier and healthier, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. I asked you all for this favor last week, and some really lovely reviews came in, so thank you so much for those. One actually said, this is the best podcast in the history of podcasts and the earth, which, needless to say, totally made my week. So if you listen on your phone, here is how to leave a review. Go to Apple Podcasts, which is that app with the purple and white microphone. Hit the search magnifying glass, search for Savvy Psychologist, and then click on the logo, the blue thumbnail that says Savvy Psychologist with a light bulb. Then scroll way down until you get to ratings and reviews. And in little purple letters, you'll see, write a review. Click that and leave an honest review. It certainly doesn't have to be the best in the history of the earth, though if you are feeling that, let it be known. Doing this really helps the show. Reviews let Apple Podcasts know that you like the show, and it helps new listeners find the show. So thank you so much in advance. All right, as always, The Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. As always, check out ellenhendrickson.com for free resources to beat social anxiety. And, of course, have a wonderful week. I'll see you here next Friday for a happier, healthier mind. Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called The Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.